0: Ciao, everyone. Welcome back to the Calcio is Back podcast. Very excited to have you guys on tonight. Um, So no Jake this week. So it's just going to be me, Ryan, recording the Calcio is Back podcast. Going over the previous week in Syria, uh, we're trying to go back to a weekly cadence here with the podcast here. You know, it was Spotify wrap season and uh, we're very grateful for all of the support we've gotten on the podcast this year. As we launched it back in August, it's been great having you guys along on the ride with us, and we really appreciate the support. So, I'm just going to try to put out a quickie tonight. Uh, we'll go forward and line out some more episodes throughout the month of December. But as we close out November here with the big game in the title race, I wanted to make sure that I covered it on this episode tonight. So, I'll go through, uh, go through match week. I believe it was 12 and go into week 13. Let me just double check that in my notes. So the previous week in Syria is going to have been, and bear with me for one second here, uh, the previous round was round 13, and we're going on round 14 for this week. So let's break down round 13, and we'll go with the title match, uh, game that Jake and I told you guys to watch from the beginning of the season. Juventus home team against Inter on the road, uh, 1-1 result. so... Funny enough, this was the number one and two team in the table coming into this match. Inter was first, and Juventus was in second, trailing them by two points going into the game. Uh, the only losses either team had 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 been to Sassuolo, which I think is pretty funny, as Sassuolo's been an absolute electric factory this season. They've been very fun to watch and uh, a crazy team. We'll get into in a little bit, um, but overall, Inter and Juventus played a very good first forty. Uh, I thought this was a really good dynamic. They're two of the teams in the league that hold on to the concepts of the three, five, two as a formation. So if you're newer to soccer, that's three in the back uh, as your back defensive line, five in your midfield and two up front. Both teams ran the same system. Juventus ran a more conservative formation of the, uh, of the system. While Inter was very guns away and attacking with their version of the system. Uh, however, both versions of the system canceled each other out on the night as a tied 1-1, but the first 40 minutes of this game were very good end-to-end stuff, and then both teams in the second half send or decide to sit on the ball a little bit more than you would think. Uh, big point for Inter on the road here. They had to go up and w- get a point at the Allianz Arena. Um, you know, it was a big point for them to get on the road. If they can go back and win the reverse picture in the Sensuro, they'll probably lock up the title but, you know, in a heavyweight bout, a draw is what we could expect here. It was a good game. Uh, the first goal of the game was Vlahovic got a goal. Um, you know, Kiesa passed it into him in the box and rolled it across, and Vlahovic got it pretty much. He could shoot it anywhere it would have went in. And he put it past Sombra to get the first goal of the game. So Juventus was up one nothing. They tried dropping back a little bit, playing a more conservative style. That's kind of what Allegri goes for a lot of the time with things like this but Inter was able to hit on the counterattack as Taram was able to take it up the right side, cross it into LaTara Martinez, who scored the big goal to tie the game. And it it was really cool watching the two kind of sides cancel each other out in the second half, but it was a very dull second half for what it's worth. And the game concluded at 1-1, Juventus won, Inter won. Definitely the game of the week. I don't think anything's really close. Um, You know, I really enjoyed this match, watching it as a neutral, but, you know, I, I was happy with it. Juventus continues their unbeaten run as they'll take that into December. We'll talk about their next fixture, fixture next, uh, later in the program, but you know, Juventus is hanging in there, uh, at second, the table, this is exactly where they would have wanted to be. They do not have to worry about European competition. Inter has moved on at this point in the champions league, as well as balancing out the Serie A competition where they are the current leader. And it's very important for this intergroup to win Serie A this season as they are, as a club, suffering from some major major financial obligations that come due at the end of the season. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on with Inter and see how long they can keep the momentum here. Um, in my personal opinion, I'd like Inter to get the second star of the season and win the league. However, Juventus, if they can put the pressure on and give them a good challenge, I'm, I'm down to see that as well because it's been a couple of years since Juventus won at this point. So that's the big match of the weekend. Uh, we could go into the third place game as we've already covered. Number one, two Milan, uh, AC Milan plays Fiorentina here. Uh, I watched this game as well. It was a pretty dull affair. I was rooting for our boys on Fiorentina. I know me and Jake have kind of adopted them as a second club, but this was pretty dull for a Fiorentina game, pretty dull for a Milan game. One, nothing Milan gets the victory here. Um, our friend Parise on um um, Fiorentina conceded a pretty early penalty around the 44th minute uh, to Tio Hernandez and Tio Hernandez put in the back of the net to get a 1-0 lead and then Milan did not look back the rest of the game. Um, an interesting thing to note in this one is Francesco Carmada uh, made his debut at 15, breaking many Serie A and Milan club records. Uh, for one of the youngest debuts in Syria history so that's amazing stuff and just just wonderful stuff to see that's that's the biggest difference you cannot imagine a 15 year old in the United States making their debut in an NFL game you can't imagine a Canadian 15 year old making their be- debut in an NHL game but the uh, beautiful sport soccer and this slice I have in this county out kind of give you that opportunity to see someone who is a teenager make their debut. And now if Kamada or Karmada has a career the last 20 years, he'll still only be 35. We're, we're going to watch this kid grow up in front of our eyes at AC Milan. They have a ton of confidence in him. Um, I know Maldini came forward this week and gave him a big bump of confidence. So it's exciting times at AC Milan and they're finally getting their momentum back together a little bit. Um, at the moment, AC Milan is currently, um, six points back of inter so that's a win in their reverse fixture later in the season but they just have to keep the pressure on and uh, start getting back in the win column it was their first win in four games um as they won their fifth game there so talking about fourth place it was napoli versus Atalanta. napoli was able to win the first game of the mazari era two to one um same squad as usual mazari didn't do too much tinkering um, it was pretty much one way traffic for Napoli in the first half. Cavarselia got the first goal of the game. I like when this guy's on form. It was a beautiful header. He found the back of the net. In the first or er, to end the first half. I believe that was the 45th minute, maybe the 44th minute. A player I rate very, very highly on Natalanta. Lookman got the equalizer in the beginning of the second half, and it looked like the game was approaching a draw. I didn't know if Napoli would kind of grab the ball by the horns here. But Ossiman made his big return, um, very well-awaited, and got an assist minutes after coming on the pitch. Um, you know, I, we we love Victor Ossiman, don't we, folks? He's one of the best strikers in the league. We hated seeing him not injured. And, you know, he was able to get the big, big assist. Uh, I believe that was Elmas. Uh, left back was able to put the back of the net. Uh, for Napoli, you know, they take a 2-1 win. We'll see where Maserati, or Mazzari's club or, and his squad goes the rest of the way here. But is an exciting way. Napoli goes top four and they have a boost going into the next week. So we'll see how it goes from there. I believe they've been eliminated from the Champions League. Let me just check on that really quick for you guys. Uh, Champions League, I have not been following as my Roma and Liverpool are not in the competition this season. It's been a very boring year in the Champions League. No, so Napoli will still uh, have a decider in the Champions League against Braga where they cannot lose by two goals. So it it looks like by the skin of their teeth, Napoli will advance in the Champions League. So we'll see how that goes. Um, good for them. I mean, if Mazzari can balance the ship here and they can do good, more props to them. Um, next up, we'll take on Roma here. Uh, so this Roma performance was playing Udinese. Roma win 3-1. to one. This was an absolute Paulo Pablo Dybala masterclass. Uh, we've been waiting for him to have a big game. I know me and Jake have been giving him a bit of shit the past couple podcasts. But Dybala was incredible this game. He walks out of there with a goal and assist. Uh, so to start the game, Pellegrini made his, back, his way back into the starting 11. We'll get into the Roma corner of it all later in the episode. But uh, Mancini got a goal early in the game off a set-piece routine from Paolo Diabolo. He made his way forward in the rush, and he was able to get forward and get a ball in the back of the net. So that was good for the the you know co-captain of the squad right now, the vice-captain uh, Mancini. Udine says tied it at the beginning of the next half against the run of play, so I was starting to get worried. It was 1-1. I was getting my own anxiety. But towards the end of the game in the 80th minute, Romelu Lukaku slid a ball across Apollo Diabolo, who finished politically to give Roma a 2-1 advantage. And then later in the game, uh, Stefan el had a beautiful strike, and Roma took all three points. We'll get into this game a little bit later with our player ratings, um, or my player ratings on the night. But I'm proud of the performance from Roma. We'll see where it goes from here. Good good, good game They're in fifth at the moment. If you'd tell me 13 weeks through the season we'd be in fifth, I would take that any day of the week, and we're in striking distance of third. We just gotta keep the pressure on and keep winning games here, so I'm feeling good. So now we go into sixth place. Uh, Bologna win two nothing over Torino. Uh, overall, pretty pretty easy effort by Diego uh, Moza's men. They were able to win two nothing. Uh, Bologna scores off a of Giovanni Fabini goal, his first goal in Serie A. So young talent there. Uh, who might make the national team one day. So it's definitely something Was Xerxes, as always, gets a goal. He's an absolute delight. This Bologna team has a pretty easy stretch going through the holidays now. So I wouldn't be surprised if their name keeps popping up in our top seven recap. Um, You know, pretty good team. But uh, yeah, so that's Bologna at six. We've already covered the seventh place team, which is Fiorentina and Atalanta, and a tie for this week uh, as they were both losers, uh, Fiorentina respectively to Milan and Atalanta respectively to Napoli. Uh to laugh at Lazio a little bit, Hiro got a penalty in the 45th minute, but Salerno Tarnia came back in the second half and won 2-0 or 2-1. So laughing at Lazio, Lazio's current position in the table. Uh you could take a mental guess right now as I pull it up, but I'm gonna go over under in 10th. Uh, let's see where let's see where they are right now. Um, you know, no love for Lazio absolutely despise this club let's see where they're hanging out right now uh in 11 so the if you bet the under you win them one they have 17 points uh you know we'll we'll see where it goes if they keep losing it'll be funny but uh this squad has no momentum right now you have to wonder if sorry's questioning his career decisions so we'll see what happens there uh next up team of the week on my part we normally do a bounce back game me and jake bouncing names off each other my team of the week is roma roma is my team of the week they're always my team but Personally, I think the three-one effort over Nunez is worthy of the of all you know honoring them as the team of the week here. And uh, going to go into the player of the week, one of my favorite players. Uh, this is a Ramon themed podcast, but Domenico Barardi. He got two goals in a four-to-three victory for Sassuolo over Empoli. Uh, Sassuolo is still hanging out around the relegation zone in 14th, but still cool to get this win over Empoli. It was a very explosive game ahead on the background at the gym this weekend. Uh, good game. Very happy for Sassuolo here. American of the Week, it's very slim pickings. It's either going to be Christian Pulisic or Weston McKinney. Both of them had pretty mediocre performances, but Pulisic was pretty noticeable in the Milan game, so I'm going to give the point to him here. So Pulisic as our American of the Week. Player of the Week is Domenico Berardi, and then Team of the Week is going to be Roma. So, I'll pause there before we go into the new week to just kind of recap where the table's at, run it through really quick. So, first place is Inter on 32 points. Juventus is on 30 points in second. So, it's still a big or a one game gap at the top. Third place, AC Milan, six points back of the leader Inter at 26 points. Napoli at 24 points. Uh, Roma at 21 points. So, one win back of Napoli and five points back of AC Milan in third. Bologna also on 21 points, but behind Roma on goal differential. Atalanta at 20 points, Fiorentina at 20 points, and then you go into the mid-table, Lazio in 11th, and relegation zone right now is Empoli, Hellas, and Soler and Natarnia. Uh, funny enough, Soler and Natarnia got their first win of the season over Lazio. So, very funny. Laugh at Lazio. Uh, but to go into the week ahead on Friday, uh, this is going to be December 1st, is going to be Juventus versus Monza. Uh, I'm predicting here Juventus 2 no- nothing win. Could be 1-0, could be Monza getting a point, but I feel good about Juve continuing their title charge here. Uh, then we go into Saturday. It will be Milan versus Frosinone, So the third-place team, Milan, is going up against Frosinone, who have been spunky. I do really like Frosinone's coach, um, Di Francesco um i'm a very big fan of what he's doing and building there they were supposed to be a relegation candidate they're fighting hard and they're in 10th place at the moment i think they're staying up no matter what they already have 18 points back but i'm gonna go with the 3-1 win for milan in this one next up bologna plays leche in the 6 30 a.m game on sunday They will not be there no matter what. I will not be watching that game. And I'll see the results. I'm going with the 1-1 draw. I think Bologna is going to step back. Lecce is a very strong defense. We'll see where it goes. And, yeah, that's my prediction for that one. Napoli play Inter in the big game of the weekend. Uh, we'll go into our combined 11 in a minute here, but I have this one going 2-2. I think Napoli's going to carry some of the momentum, get a 2-2 draw. I think Osimhen will be starting in this game, and we'll see where it goes, but... I think they draw this 1-2-2, and Napoli kind of cements themselves back in the the title race. Um, I know they'll be behind Milan at this point, but maybe they can go and run in the second half of the season. Roma plays Sassuolo. Sassuolo's been playing chaotic games, a lot of 4-3s, a lot of 3-2s. I'm going here with Roma winning 3-2 over Sassuolo. I think we have more talent than them. But I could also predict this being a pretty crazy game. And we'll see what happens there. And then the final game of the weekend on Monday, Atalanta plays Torino. This is the final meaningful game kind of here. I did not include Fiorentina for the first time this week because I think their match is pretty boring. Uh, I'll double check that. But I have Atalanta winning 2-1 against Torino, and that would close out the week. Uh, So those are my picks. You know, we could go into the combined 11 here. It's going to be Inter and Napoli. So to talk about the goaltending matchup, it is going to be Jan Sommer. Against Merritt on Napoli, I'm going to go with Jan Sommer here. Sommer's been pretty good thus far this season. I've been a big fan of his. He, you know, I I didn't really think he would be able to transition all from Syria or from the Bundesliga into Syria. Um, actually, funny enough, uh, Merritt went with Golini in net. Uh, I don't know how Merritt is doing right now. Uh, Mazzari, but went with the new goalie his first game with the club. So we'll see how that plays out. I still think Napoli go with Merritt as their number one first choice goaltender, but we'll see how it goes with goalie. But still I'm giving the edge here to summer to talk defenders. I think you have to take mostly if we're going with a, let's go with the three, five, two formation, or let's go with a four or a let's go with off the top of my head. uh, Four, three, three, just to favor Napoli a little bit. So At left wing back, I'm going to go with Federico DiMarco. At center back, I'm going to go with uh, Bastoni on Inter. I think he's world class. I think he's one of a kind. I wouldn't give any of the other center back spots to um, Napoli as they kind of lost one of their best center backs last year. So here I could go with the Cherubi. I could go with Pavard. I could go with Darmian. I'm going to go with Darmian at center back. I rate him very highly, more than most people do. Uh, but I really like him at center back. And then at right back, I'm going to go with Napoli for one position and give it to Giovanni Di Lorenzo, one of my favorites in the world, folks. He He's an absolute world beater, um, probably one of the best players in the league. And I wonder what happens here if Napoli does not recover this season. I wonder if they have a hard time because would Di Lorenzo request a transfer? He might deserve better than this team, but we'll see. Um, In the midfield, I'm going with first choice is going to be Nicolo Barella. I think he's world class. I think he's a great midfielder. Um, You could probably go, you could convince me a bunch of different ways. I'll go with a defensive center mid. And I'm going with Andre Frank, Zembo, Agosina. Uh, he's really good, folks. Uh, on Napoli, center defensive mid, he really impresses me every time I watch. I'm a big fan of his. And then on the right in the midfield, I could go Mkhitaryan. I could go Shitonglu, Probably based on forms of for the season, I should based on how highly I rate the player it would probably be for Teze. But I'm gonna go to Zelensky on Napoli. He's one of the best in the world in this position. And I'll give him the right side of the midfield here, uh, to Pitor Zelensky. So that is right now four or five or yeah, it is currently five interplayers to two or three Napoli players. So let's see how the front line works. On the left, I am going to go with, obviously, Kivash, Kivashelia, uh, one of my fa- favorite players in the league. I'm a big fan of Kivashelia's. And uh, that he'll be on my left at left wing. Uh, starting as striker, you have to give it to Lattaro. Um, I would have also been here. They're both the two best players in the league, I believe, in my opinion, or at least two strikers in the league. Uh, but I'm going to have... You know Latario, based on health and form, and he's also been the best player in the league this season, so I have to give it to Latario. And then if we're thinking about right wing, you could go Denzel Dumfries. You could, I, I think I'm to cheat here, and put Victor Osiman on the right wing here in this formation. Um, I could go Palatano. I could go Raspadori. Napoli I have a ton of attacking options. Uh, you know, you have the on Inter. I'm at right wing here, and then have this be a killer formation. So to recap from the top. In net, I'm going on Summer left back. I'm going with Federico Dimarco. Center back, I'm going with Bastoni. Other center back, I'm going with Darmian. Right back, I'm going with uh, Di Lorenzo. And my midfield is comprised of uh, Nicola Barella. I'm going with uh, Augustino on um, on Napoli or Agusina Augusta I- uh, on Napoli. I'm going with Zelensky on the right midfield, and I'm going with Kavachalgi uh, on the left. Taro in the middle, and then Oceanman on the right in my formation here. So that's my combined 11. Anyway, to go into a Roma roundup, uh, Roma, interesting squad as per always. I mean, they were able to get a big win last week, and I don't want to sell that short. I haven't been too tapped into the Europa League fixtures. I know it's a big deal, or it's supposed to be a big deal. But mentally, I'm not quite getting there. We're second in our group right now. We're pretty much clinched to go on. Uh, we did lose to, or we drew Servette today. I don't think it was the biggest deal in the world, but we drew Servette. Um, but to go through the match ratings for last week, take from the top, you know, going with uh, Rui Patricio, I think he was absolutely fine. You know, he let one goal in, 6 out of 10, not not really too bothered by him. Uh, back line, I'll give Indica like a 7 out of 10. I thought he was fine. He still had those couple of moments where he didn't shine bright, but... We'll see how it goes for Indica going forward. Uh, Diogo Lorente, I'm going to go with a 7 out of 10. I thought he was really impressive. My man of the match is going to be Mancini in the back, so I'm going to give Gianluca Mancini a 9 out of 10. I thought he had a great game against Udinese, uh, and he's going to be my man of the match. Uh, Spinnett's a pretty good performance. He was fast out there. I'll give him a 7. First game back for Pellegrini from injury. Uh, didn't really wow me. I'll give him a 6 out of 10. Still one of my favorite players in the squad, the captain himself. But this year's been a really big struggle to get his legs under him, and we'll see where he goes from here. Uh, Paredes in the, of the center of the park. I tweet a little bit from my personal today, which I don't do too much for Um i I've been wowed by Paredes all season. He's one of my favorite players in the league and one of my favorite in Roman history in a very long time. Uh, just a perfect Mourinho midfielder. I'm going to give him an 8 out of 10 on this game. I thought it was incredible. Uh, Brian Crisante, give him a a 7.5 out of 10. I thought he was very good as well. And him and Paredes are are forming a really good partnership. In a moment, I'll take you through where I think Roma's ideal formation might be. But Karsdorov are very good in this game, 7.5 out of 10. And then the strike partnership. Romelu Lukaku got an assist. No goals in this one. As a striker, I can't give you much more than 8 without any goals, but I'm giving him a a 7.5. And Paulo Dybala at an eight point five out of ten. He had a goal and it says did kind of go quiet for long stretches of the game, but he is you know this was the version of Paulo Dybala we need the team to have most games to uh, to accomplish the mission and takes out for the season. So very proud of Paulo. I thought this was a great performance and he just needs to keep this up. Anyway, uh, Roma did run a 4-4-2 against Servette today. I-, I do like the formation for us. I think it works better just kind of tactically. I mean, you're able to get Zvilar back there. Grisante can drop back and forth between the midfield. It really depends. But, you know, overall, I think it was fine with the performance today. And uh, we'll see where we go from here. But next up, Roma will have a Sassuolo game at noon on Sunday. So I hope to see you guys there. And that should be a fun one. But I'll close us out there. I uh, really appreciate everyone listening to the podcast tonight. Uh, we are really grateful for all the listens throughout the year. And we hope to mo- for more listens and more engagement with our audience next year. Uh, so you can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jakey. You can follow myself on Twitter at Ryan Martin. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Calcio's Back Podcast. Re- very thankful and grateful to have you guys this year. And we'll talk to you guys soon. So thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.